Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Praise the Lord. So please, with Jesus' joy, let's welcome Bomi George this afternoon. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that you're already here. Thank you for this beautiful meeting, for what you already started to do, for what you're doing now, what you're going to do. Father, Lord, I release myself unto you as your vessel. what you want to do today I release myself unto you that the words that come out of my mouth will come out as fire will come out as a hammer I will pierce every heart in the name of Jesus that they will only hear you and not me in the name of Jesus in Jesus mighty name amen you may be seated hallelujah good afternoon everyone Good afternoon, good afternoon. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Ma, for the opportunity to stand here. I really appreciate it. And every time I stand before God's children, I always tell God thank you because it's such an honor for God to have put me on our hearts to ask me to come here. You know, as mothers, I'm sure there are many mothers in the room, you don't just call on anybody to take care of your children, do you? No, not just anybody, specific people. Um, that you know that will probably take care of them the way that you will do what you would like for them to be done. So thank you, God, for that. Um, by the grace of God, next year, I'll be married for 10 years. And not just 10 years, not just married, happily married, because, you know, these days we have to make the difference. There's a difference. Some people are, many are married. Many are married, few are happy. Um, but on the real, though, um, as I came into 2022, um, God, sh God gave me a dream, and I saw that there were going to be heavy attacks on marriage for 2022, 2023, 2024, and God told me to sound the alarm. And I, sure enough, I went to my Instagram page, and I sounded the alarm, and you know, I just started praying about it, and I decided to see a lot happen. I mean, if you're on social media... I mean, you, I mean, you are living in this life, you are living in this Lagos, you are living in Nigeria, you are living everywhere. You know what's going on. The enemy is after marriages. He's after marriages. You just see so many things happen, you'll be like, ah, what's going on here? But you know what? The enemy is smart. Lots of times we think the enemy is stupid. He's actually smart. He was a celestial being in the presence of God. He knows that if he can break down the family units then he can break down the nation. And so what he does is that he goes before time and goes to mess up 
a family through what? Through the marriage. What does the enemy come to do? To kill, to steal, to destroy. And he knows that if these children are going to become XYZ in the future, then let me go back in time and let me go and mess up the mother and the father so that they will have issues and they will not be able to do the call of God or fulfill the God and the, the purposes of him on their life. And so we started to pray. I started to pray about it. I said, God, you have to intervene. Many people were sending me messages, ah, J-Booms, Omo, this heat is reaching, my, is reaching my doorstep. I'm like, oh, we have to pray. But you know, the difference between people that are married and people that are happily married is not that people that are happily married are so special. They are special. But it's not that they are so special. It is knowledge and it is wisdom. That's why these sort of meetings are so important. So I know that after this meeting, women that were unwise will leave this meeting being wise in the name of Jesus. Because we find that a lot of women, and you know what? You know, I say, why are you talking to women? Who is talking to the men? You know, today, me, I've come. I go to talk sister to sister. Forget about the men. I love what she, um, uh, Ruth said. Forget about the men right now. We're going to talk, to talk about ourselves. We're going to begin to partner with God to do what he wants to do in our homes. Because a lot of women are partnering with, with the enemy to do what he wants to do for his own agenda to stand in your home, but not you. You know why? Because you are a wise woman. You are a woman of wisdom. Marriage is so much bigger than I like you and you like me. Let's get married. Let's have fine children. Isn't, don't you think so? In the agenda of God, in the mind of God, when he thought about marriage, it was bigger than I like you and you like me. Every single marriage has a purpose. Every single marriage has a purpose. And so if you're sitting in this room and you don't know the purpose of your marriage, I submit to you that after this, you must go and sit down before God and ask him, what is the purpose for my marriage? Why did you bring my husband and I together? What is the agenda? What did you have in mind when you thought about me and brought about Kende George, both of us bringing us together? What is it that you had in mind that you want to be fulfilled on the earth? Beyond having fine children, beyond having intelligent children, what is it? And you know, the thing about it is, there's a blueprint. There is a blueprint for every single marriage. And if you don't have a blueprint for your marriage, that's when things start to go wrong. I say it all the time. I'm not saying that you should go and ask, come and ask me, come and sit, sit under J-Booms. So that she can tell you the blueprints for how marriage is supposed to be. Because human beings are so dynamic. God has a blueprint for every single marriage. A blueprint of how the, you, the wife, are supposed to treat your own husband. So how me, I have the blueprints. You have the same a, a blueprint from God. How you are supposed to treat your husband. How your home is supposed to run. How you are supposed to raise your children. Download it from heaven. It is where we are thinking that we can run on our own understanding, run the way that we feel is best. That's when we begin to encounter difficulties. You know, marriage is such a calculated plan by God to make us holy, to conform us to the image of his son. What is the, what is the whole purpose of all of this? 
the whole purpose of why we're here is that what? God wanted children. Not just any type of children, no. Children after the order of Jesus. Children that look like Jesus. Children that walk like Jesus. Children that think like Jesus. Children that, that behave like Jesus. That's what he wants. And so let me just, let's just, let's just decide now and agree that marriage will most likely be your biggest learning field as a child of God. You know, before we get married, most women, before we get married, oh, I'm so nice. I'm so nice. I'm such a nice person. Me? I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do that. And get married. You now find that, ah, I can keep malice for two weeks. Where did this come from? I can be so rude. Oh, I actually have anger problems. Where did this rage come from? Because you know what marriage is? Marriage is a mirror. It shows you who you are. Marriage is also what? An amplifier. So whatever was there, marriage will just amplify it. You'll be like, hey, God, I, I can't believe I just said this. I can't believe I just did this. And so it's so important that we begin to partner with God. That God will begin to change you from the inside out. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. The wife code. But I'm going to be talking about becoming God's own woman. Becoming God's own woman. A woman that God is proud of. God had, him, God had a picture in mind when he created Bumi George. Put your name there. God had a, a, a vision, a picture in mind. Insert your name when he created me. And he has written it in the volume of the book. I want to become every single thing that he thought of in his mind when he created me. And I want to do everything that it would take me to become that woman. The world is full of so many different women today. Women that their glory is in their body. Their glory is, I want to be this, this setting. There's nothing wrong with that. You know me, I'm a dietitian. So that's my job. But when that becomes the anchor of your life, the most important thing, looking good, hair, dressing, fashion, designer, some other women, what has them is their career. Climbing up the corporate ladder. Pulling people down as they, as they climb up. There are different types of women. But you know, you will be God's own woman. Yeah. Now let's go to our anchor scripture for this conference. And it's Judges 4 verse 4. Please, can I have that on the screen, please? It says that, start up yet. Deborah, my translation says, but let me read this one. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. My own NLT version says, Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth. Mrs. Awokshika already said it. I want to believe. That nothing is in the Bible by accident. Everything is there on purpose, for a purpose. Why? What was the reason that they put that there? Because they could have easily said, Deborah, a prophetess, a judge, and carried on. But it's to show us that 
Deborah, the, a wife is important to God. You know, these days, a lot of things are, you know, we're in church. I'm not doing women empowerment today. Me, yeah, I love it too. I, I go for different conferences. I go for certain things. I love it. But we have to be careful in this wokeism culture. Ah, me, I beg. I can, be, I can be married and divorced, no problem. I can do this. I can. What's most important now is myself or is my own, my head, my this. And it's happening in the church. And I love what is happening. God is going to continue using women. We are going to continue to be breaking ceilings, shattering ceilings, be movers and shakers. But this shows us that God is also interested in the fact that she was a wife. These days, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's climb all the couple later. I beg, I beg, I beg. Me, I can't keep myself, oh, you know, that man. If you're going to be God's own woman, your home is important. The Bible also says that she was a prophet. It means that this woman was close to God. She had her ear to the ground. She had built up herself. As Mrs. Awoshika said, she was a woman of the presence. Not just anybody is a prophetess now. To be able to hear the frequency on earth, in heaven, and to bring it down and speak it forth, that should tell you that that person is always practicing the presence of God. It means that she had a great relationship with God. The Bible also says that she was judging Israel at the time. History makes us understand that Deborah was the fourth judge. In fact, she was the first female judge of Israel. She was number four, meaning that there were three men before her. There was Othniel, there was Uber, there was another one, and there was her. That should tell you that she shattered certain ceilings. And then she must have been a woman of uncommon wisdom. Because the Bible tells us that they will sit under a tree, under a palm tree. And people will come from all over to come and sit down and hear. And she will help them judge their matters. It means that she had a wisdom that came from God. They also said, men, even men, noble men, came to her. She had fame. She had wisdom. She had influence. She had affluence. Strong men, powerful men came to meet her to ask, what do you think of this? Case in point, Barak. And she told him, you, you go, you win, however, X, Y, Z. It shows you how much of a balanced woman Deborah was. But I want us to go back to the fact that in all of this, they still mentioned that she was a wife. That is to show that Deborah must have been a woman under authority. That's not to say that you're not going to excel in your career. That you're not going to do many different things for God make billions of naira or dollars or whatever currency that you want to make. But understanding that your place 
in your home is so important. For me, I started making a lot of money very early because of the nature of my job. I started working at the age of 23, 24, and plenty money because first of all, I was one of the, I was not one of the, I was the first person to start this, this certain business in Nigeria. So of course, people were flocking to me. I remember I was living with my guardian at the time, and then he was like, "Oh, Bumi, how is this your business going? You know, how is this your small business going? Now, like, small business is doing well. You know, God is helping us." And he was like, "Okay, so you know, what's your revenue like? What's your, what's, what's your, what's, what's your monthly profit like?" And I told him, he was like, "Eh, what?" You this this small business that was over 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. I'm saying that to say that this doesn't take away from the fact that I am a woman under the authority of my husband. I remember a time in social, in social media, and there was there was this umbrella that was trending. Who, who remembers that umbrella? Me, I didn't even know that thing was trending. It was causing a lot of problem on Twitter. So there was an umbrella. God was at the top of the umbrella. Then it was the man. Then the woman. Then the children. And people asked so me. I now even posted that. Ah, this is such a great description of how we are supposed to. You know, and I say it anyway. I stand on the word. I live by biblical principles. So people now start coming for me. Ah, ah, J booms. Throw the whole umbrella away. And I'm like, we cannot throw the whole umbrella away because this is God's design. This is how God wants it to be. You know, when I look at women like Mrs. Awoshika, I've known her for a very long time, from when I was really little. She's passed a blessing to me. And I look at people like her. She shows us what is possible. She's a prototype of what's impossible, what is possible. A wife. Because I know. I know her children. At least they are my age mates. The first one. She is a woman that is doing excellently well in the home, excellently well in her business, businesses, excellently well in her ministry. Beyond all of this, if you want to call home, like I said, her children, standard. Her businesses, we know now, standard. Her ministry, see she spoke here today, standard. This is a balanced woman. She's leaving a legacy for her children's children so that when she's gone, they understand and they see this is what my mother did. For her generations, the Bible talks about you lay up an inheritance for your children. The Bible is not talking about money. When we think about that scripture, we think about just monetary value. Oh, we left house, cars, this is... You leave an inheritance, an inheritance of impact for your generations. So how do you become God's woman? One of the first things I would like to pinpoint an attribute is meekness. An attitude of heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and the desire of someone else. What does it really mean to be meek? Have we thought about it? 
Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, if you can put it up, says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart. Remember what I said, that Jesus, God wants children, but not just any type of child, after the order of Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Are you meek? Not only in your home, with people around you. You know some people say, ah, me, I don't take nonsense. If you say one, I say one million. I finish you. Nobody should mess with me. If you come, if you come for me, I come for you. If you give me glass, I give you boats. Is that in the word of God? But you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of what women say. But was Jesus ever like that? Now let's quickly go to First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 4. If you refuse to be meek, there are many things that God will never put in your hand. There are places that she will never go because God will say, you know what, I cannot trust this person. And remember, I want to become everything that he wrote in the books concerning me. So when you are upset, how do you behave? When you are angry, what do you do? This is what it says. It says, rather, let the hidden person of the heart... With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God, another version talks about meekness as an ornament. If you can find that for me, I think it's the NLT, I'm not sure. What is an ornament? It's a thing to be used to make something more attractive. So, God is telling us here that it's not in what you wear. It's not in the hair, the Brazilian hair that you have, the lush one. You may like hair, see. It's not in the jewelry, but it's the ornaments of a meek and a gentle spirit that is pleasing to him. You know, it's so, our hearts are so important. God does not look at the outward appearance. This scripture tells us that. He looks at the heart. So you can look a certain way on the outside, but your heart is black. Your heart is wicked. Your heart is judgy. But God is saying here, what I want you, what I want you to pay most attention to is your innermost part, which is your heart. Put on the ornament of a meek, and a gentle spirit. I'm going to move along swiftly. Number two. Becoming God's own woman. You must be a woman of love. Do you know that the most adequate instrument. To ascertain the level of maturity of your work with God. Is how you love.
Most people will think that the way you tell how a person is close to God is that they can say, let this mountain be uprooted and be cast into the sea and it obeys it and it does that. Well, that's spiritual maturity. Is that not what we look at? Or we go to the hospital and we lay hands on the sick. Karaba, kashatandaraba, and they get healed. The cripples, they start walking. The blind, they begin to see. We raise the dead. But in 1 Corinthians 13, it lets us know that if you do all these things and you have not love, God is most interested in your heart. He's most interested in who you become. Because you know what? When you become God's woman, he will put you on the highest mountain. A lot of times we are spending our time and effort in trying to climb up some ladder. Meanwhile, God is saying, come, learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. I will show you where you need to go. Places that, you, places that all you need to do, you don't, sometimes you don't even need to pray about it. When you are working with God, when you are in line with his will, when you're doing exactly what you want, you want you to do per time, per season, he will put you in any place he wants you to be. Because a lot of times you find that when you do it your own way, you will climb up a mountain. When you get to the top of the mountain, you find that, oh, I'm on the wrong mountain. What a grave mistake. And when we think about um, this scripture, when it talks about love is patient, love is kind, we always think about marriage. Is it not so? You mostly hear it when we come, you know, when, we, when people are getting married and we come to church and, you know, and they're espousing us in love is patient, love is kind. But think about it. In your relations with people, are you patient? Are you kind? Do you keep a record of wrongs? Are you long-suffering? Because this is how we become like Jesus. These are the things that God pay, pays most attention to. When I stand before God, and when he assesses me, what I want him to say is, well done, good, faithful servant, enter into your rest. The people that live with you, yeah, you love your husband, you love your children. How about other people? How about your neighbor? That the generator is so loud. Before Nepa even takes life, vroom, they're ready with their tiger gen. How about the attendants at the filling station that you cursed out the other day? Oh, God wasn't looking at that, Abby. Because the person just annoyed, annoyed you so much. When you begin to walk with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is like a dove. You put on, like, like on your, and that's where I look at it. And I put him on my shoulder and I'm careful so that it doesn't fly away. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit will leave you. I'm just saying that when you're conscious of the Holy Spirit, you do things that will not upset him. So when you talk to people in a way that you're not supposed to talk to them, do you get a check in your spirit immediately? That, oh, 
I shouldn't have said that. Are you able to apologize when you're wrong? To say, you know what? Actually, I was wrong. And I shouldn't have done that. You know why? Because we have pride. And God wants to get rid of that pride. Because if you are going to be God's own woman, and a woman that he's going to use to do his bidding, to be in his company, there are things that we must get rid of. Jesus said, how would I know that you are my disciples? By how you love one another. These are the truths of our kingdom. This is what is most important to God. Not the money in your bank accounts. God does not need money. And if you need the money, God will give you. So let's stop majoring or minors. Let's take our, our, his yoke upon us and change. Number three, getting rid of enemies. You know that the enemies within are more than the enemies without. Nobody else, ah, my enemy, I bind. My sister, there are more enemies inside. Many. The enemy that is doing you, eh, is not somebody or it's not somewhere, even though there might be some. But you know what? Your greatest enemy is the enemy of your soul, which is the devil. And then there are enemies in your soul. Should we start naming them? Sin is the greatest enemy of your soul. Our flesh and its desires. There are five I want to list. Lust. Excessive pride. Ego, attachment, greed. These are the enemies of our soul. A lot of times we pray, oh God, anybody that's looking at me bad, you strike them. But think about it. Me, there's so much on the inside of us. And I'm not exempted. So I'm not just preaching at you. There are so many things that we need to be daily working on and ask God for help on. I submit to you. I submit to you. I'm asking you with, sincere, with a sincere heart. For the next one month, don't ask God for anything. Just say, God, show me you. Show me you. Show me the places in my heart that need change. Show me the things that I'm doing that I'm not supposed to do. Empower me to do the things that I'm supposed to do. A lot of times we just come to God like a genie in the bottle. You know, they say, come into his presence with thanksgiving. We dance. I'm king of kings, lord of lords. Alpha and omega. We rob God. Say, hey. I, 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 I need, I need, I need three million naira. And after he gives us, 
Bye bye, you. They are gone. But if we are going to become God's own woman, you must be intrigued with what is on his own mind. God, what are you doing? What are you saying in this season? What do you want accomplished on the earth? God, show it to me. God, there are places in my heart. You know, my friend, my friend, my friend just bought a new car and I'm jealous. I want to be happy for her, but I'm not happy. I just know things that befall all of us. My husband did something to me today, and you know what? I'm going to show him. I lock up everywhere. Lock kitchen. Lock pants. Lock everywhere. You see, these are the real enemies. Somebody asks you something, you quickly lie. Because you don't say, no, me, I don't fornicate, I don't commit adultery. But you lie. And you know, in this generation, we have to be very careful of covetousness. That's another enemy of our soul. When will he ever be enough? When will we ever be satisfied with what God has given us? You see somebody has somebody on Instagram. Ah, I see that J-Boom's house. I want it, but bigger. She said, I own his, what? His three bedrooms, four bedrooms. Me, I want ten bedrooms. Then we'll not add prayer to it. Somehow, we'll just package it and make it look, you know, righteous before God. Number four. If you're going to be God's woman, you must submit to the process of God over your life. Every single life has a purpose. Every single life, when God thought about you, when he created you and knit you together in your mother's womb, he thought about you. He had a distinct plan, a distinct role that he had you to play. Like, we, like I said, when he talked about Bumi George, he said, this is how I want her to be. I want her to be tall. I want her to be chocolate. I want her to be this size. I want X, Y, Z. And then I want to use her life to accomplish X, Y, Z. But I'm going to take her through a process to get her to that place that she's supposed to be. So there's a setting process that God has for every single woman in this room. But a lot of times we do not submit to that process because sometimes we're so distracted with many things, sometimes very legitimate things as well. Children are calling here. Hey, mommy, 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 husband is calling, work is calling, friends are calling, in-laws are calling, parents are calling, siblings are calling. And you're paying attention to everybody else but the process that God has you in. Everyone's process is different. Everyone's process will look different. And we have to become content with where God has us and what his plans are for our lives. 
I'll tell you a quick story. I remember when I was, when I, you know, first got married, and probably maybe two or th two and a half or three years into the marriage, I was, I, we were living in these two bedroom apartments, um, and I, I remember that day in my quiet time, I was just before the Lord, and I was just praying, and I was worshiping, and I, I'm, in my heart of hearts, I said to God, I said, Father, do you know that if you keep me in this house till the day that I die, as long as I have you, I will be okay. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I said, God, I don't want to have riches, things, and not have you. Because if you're a woman of the presence of God, if God does not talk to you for one day or more, you won't, you won't sleep. Oh. You will not say, what is wrong? What, what's happening? Ah, what did I do? Where am I? So I told God, I said, God, if I remain in this place, if I don't advance bigger than this, as long as I have you, I'll be okay. I want to believe. Because after that time, something unlocked in my life. Because God saw my heart and he saw that I was sincere in what I was saying. Now, I'm not saying this as a formula because you know a lot of times as Christians, we're looking for formula. Ah, Jay Booms. She's, she was praying in her room. Then she knelt down. Was she facing eastward or westward? Then she told God, if you do X, Y, Z, and then something unlocked for, something was unlocked for me too. God doesn't work that way. And the faster we begin to understand that, the better for us. God works with each and every one according to who you are, his plan, and his purpose for you. Today, I'm not living in that two-bedroom apartment anymore. I say with all humility, I'm living in a mansion. But I'm saying that to say that the posture of my heart in that time and still now is that even if you don't give me, I love you. I want you. Because you know what? If you are going to be a woman of the presence and you make God your priority, there is no place that he won't take you to. Look at Deborah now. Only one woman. The first, the first, the first, the first prophet, I mean the first judge. It tells you her consecration before the Lord. So God has a distinct plan, a distinct purpose for each and every one of us. And for us to be balanced women, to be able to accomplish every single thing that he had in mind when he created us, we have to go to him. We cannot think about it. Like, I want to think, okay, this is how it's going to be. No. So I want us to rise up. I want us to talk to God. God, I want to become your own woman. A woman that is interested in what you are doing. 
The world is passing away. There are souls to be won. There are mountains to climb. There are places to go in God. There are depths to go. There are places that our generation must be able to go because we've gone there. God, make me that woman. Make me that woman in this generation. Make me that woman. Today, I consecrate myself unto you a fresh way, God. I am consecrated unto you. You know the places of my heart that need work, God. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Holy Spirit. To be patient, to be kind, to be meek. To love those that are unlovable. Help me, Father. In the name of Jesus. Talk to your Father. Father, I release myself unto you today again in a fresh way. Baptize me with your fire. Baptize me with your love. Baptize me with your spirit. Many of us, there are assignments that have been looming up on top of us for many years. Now is the time to pick up that mantle. Pick up that assignment and do what God has called you to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for such a time in your presence. We release ourselves unto you again afresh. To know you again afresh. To love you again afresh. Draw us close to you, O oh God. This message is brought to you by the Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2-3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.